Tuna and Tobago Computer Society Podcast Number Five, Saturday, October twenty second, two thousand and five. Thanks for listening to the Turn Out to Make a Computer Society podcast. On this podcast, we try to talk about various local related tech news in Trinidad and Tobago. With us today is Paul, Mike, Anil, Richard, and myself, Dave Anand. Well, before we actually start on our, our topic, I just wanted us to do like a little meeting announcement. Um, we'll be doing a, a tech meeting, um, and we'll be doing it at the San Fernando Technical Institute on Saturday, October 29, 2005, from 1 to 5 p.m. And it's going to be held at the Computer Block Amphitheater there at the San Fernando Technical Institute. So, uh, well, you can check out our website for the details, but essentially we'll be doing things like a look at the TTCS Oswin CD, a demonstration of Burrowkit by Anil, and uh, Richard will be doing a, a showing off the Ubuntu version 5.10, which was just released last week. Yeah. Breezy Badger. Yeah, Breezy Badger which was released uh, last week. We have all the different variants of it, so it will be a pretty, uh, uh, hopefully it will be a very good meeting. Uh, and um, any, anyone interested in computing is invited to attend. It's free of charge. Free no of charge. Admission. No admission. Um, if you want to buy your CDs, it's $5 for li- the Linux CDs, and for our Oswin CD is $40. Again, full details on our website. So let's see what, uh, what topics we can start off with today. Quite a few things have happened this, within the past month. According to the Telecom Authority, cell phone competition is coming. This is going to come this year. November the 30th. Yes, yes. November the 30th. November, November the 30th. Digicel is, uh, I don't have competition is going to come, but interconnection is going to happen according to and Digicel. Digicel. And according to them, the minute interconnection happens, they will be open and ready for business. Really? Digicel will be... Digicel is waiting for interconnection. Well, then they, they should be selling phones at least the week before, I guess. Uh, no, they will open on the day and by the, by the evening, they'll probably have like 10,000 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's just hope that they remember to hire security guards and police to keep you from trying to break in. In fact, where are Digicel? I mean, if I want to buy a Digicel phone, where are you? Yeah, see, look, there you go. One, one okay, ready well. customer. <laughs> Digicel's right head office is at the Furnace Building in the Pioneer Square for Porter Spain. The one be. that's under construction now? No, uh, no, not. They've got a scaffolding around around the front. I don't know if they've got a bunch of scaffolding around the front. I haven't been there in a while, but opposite yeah. what used to be the cruise ship complex. Uh, actually, according to the website, uh, Digicel Trinidad and Tobago, building. it's at the Furness Building, fourth floor, and they have telephone numbers there yeah, as well. Yeah, that, the same place you saw. Opposite the cruise ship complex, they have a scaffolding now. Yeah. yeah, they were supposed to be at Nicholas Tower, but there was some dispute, and they moved all their stuff over to the Furness Building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, who could afford? Was it was it eight million dollars a floor or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, very, very pe- some people are affording it. But uh, actually, yeah. the Digicel, I think, has uh, I think, in fact, airlifted in September, around September twenty fourth. Yeah, they airlifted uh, an entire plane of uh, of equipment on an Antonov, on uh, you know, Antonov cargo plane. Yeah, Ericsson uh, oh. cell phone equipment antennas and stuff. Yeah. It could be phones too, I don't know. I doubt it's phones itself. Nobody's going to keep cell phones in here. People are going to try and break in and steal those phones. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the announcement came on uh, Saturday, sep- uh, sorry, Friday, Friday, 7th October 2005, by the news conference that the Telecom Authority said that Digicel and Dactel will be providing, cell- will be, will be providing cell- cellular phone services to the people of Trinidad by December. 
the only key back according to this is that well just to, just to, just to recap what has happened yeah. Tad Chairman uh, has said that uh, the Minister of Information uh, Public Administration and Information Mr. Len Dr. Lenny Seed has received Tad's recommendations that the concessions be awarded to Digicel and Laptel and uh, Minister Seat is supposed to then take it to Cabinet and to make a decision and this should be within the next two weeks since the Telecommunications Act gives the Minister 60 days to make a decision on the recommendations, uh, according to the TAT Chairman, State is handling the matter with dispatch and should make a decision within the 60-day period outlined by the Act. And this, the TAT Chairman says that that means that the concession to Digicel and Laptel could be awarded by the end of November. And both companies can be, begin providing services to the population by December. Sounds good to me. Who's going to buy the Digicel phone? Me! <laughs> what if we can just keep our current phones and just change the SIM card? True. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what most people will do, in fact. Um, I may mean, just take a new phone. My phone's like three years old, and even though I do have a free trading offer, I probably will not be trading it in if I have to for any long term contract with the STT. Simply doesn't make sense. Uh, the trading offer is best. Uh, a mandatory thing? Are you shutting down the TDMA network or is it just, you know, a well, promotion they, they it's, go it's not a promotion. The impression I got is that it's not, it's, not, it's not everyone that they're doing it for and there was no deadline given. So if they do in fact shut down the TDMA network by November, I, I suppose I'll have to go in and change the phone, but till they do, I like my TDMA. <laughs> Simply because I can make calls and receive calls even when the other networks are clogged up. Certainly not for the features, I don't get any features apart from the phone and that's kind of the way I like it. So. <laughs> All the features don't really make sense if you can't make or receive calls. So. Some people yeah, you can listen to music while, when you don't have tears, ring tones. <laughs> I'm sure somebody in Trinidad probably has an iPod phone already. And was it's it having fun with all the hundred years. Motorola rocker, is it? Yeah. Would, would the rocker work? Oh, yeah. what, what is the big thing about well, isn't it? Isn't it just a standard GSM phone? It's a standard GSM phone with, yeah. a, with the capability to store 100 items. But the question is, do you really want all of that stuff in one item? Because, I mean, you, you lose that one item. You screw it. Yeah, no, I but I mean, the, the thing is, I don't really think that... It, I mean, yeah, they have to improve battery life and that type of thing before you could start stuffing all of these things into one device. Well, they do, eh? Yeah, they stuff, and they stuff addresses, they stuff ringtones, they stuff yeah. all sorts of arbitrary crap in it, so... Anil's not going to buy one of those devices until he, says, until he sees nuclear powered on the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, a mini reaction. Hydropower. <laughs> probably, <laughs> hydrogen, probably some hydrogen power cell or something, which, well, actually, which actually makes sense, because, I mean, they're doing... Well, they're they actually a tritium-based power cells that uh, they were at the last CES. So. <laughs> Everything's on a big move to hydrogen power. Hydrogen is like the ultimate source yeah, of power. Um, they had the, um, the, it was the Motorola phones where they have the um, alcohol or something that you have. And that's a fuel cell. Yeah, the fuel cell okay. phones. Fuel cell phones. Fuel cell phones. Yeah, that's another stuff. That's another stuff for hydrogen. You know, anyway, we're geeks. We're gonna right. talk geek stuff. Even though he's supposed to be talking about the um, so anyway, what is Lactel? Lactel is gonna be up. Gonna get the internet connection, or they're still well. Apparently, the the, the only problem um, that was mentioned at the at that news conference was the was the problem with interconnection agreements. And and uh, well, interesting thing happened. Uh, I would say about, let's see, on 
Monday, October 13th, Digicel wrote to the Prime Minister um, complaining that TST2 is dragging its feet concerning the internet interconnection process. And um, and, they, and Digicel, well, Digicel was claiming that, or let me just, from the news report, let me just confirm this. TST2 has said that it is not under obligation to negotiate before Digicel receives a concession license. Now, the inter, well, interconnection, well, just to Make sure, just to show you what interconnection means. Interconnection means that allow users from one cell phone company, be it TSTT, Lactel, or Digicel, to to call each other for each other's phones. So what they have to do is work out phone, phone rates uh, for calling the, the the different companies' phones. Now I thought. Well, I, I mean, I thought originally it was like so. If if I'm on my cell phone, I want to call somebody on a landline or foreign. I need an interconnection. But you're saying it's also from cell phone to another company's cell phone? Correct. Okay. Interconnection isn't a technical problem. Yeah, it usually isn't. It's, usually it's not, I don't think it's not. It's, it's not really it's, a technical it's, it's problem. It's, a problem. It's, it's basically companies being, it's basically companies behaving like fools and they say, well, I'm not going to connect to you because it doesn't bring me problems. I know, like Although I say it's, it's one company making making this whole mistake because the company that stands to lose the 100% market share they have. So. Now the thing is, interconnectivity does not affect overseas calls. Because, because well, most of these, most of the companies I suppose so, yes, because they have their own, each of the companies will have their own networks for the international okay. component, yes. But obviously if you want, if uh, say from Digicel or Lactel phone would want to call a TSTT phone, they need to work on an, agree an agreement with TSTT and um, vice versa. I mean, the interesting thing is that actually the Digicel phones may not necessarily need a roaming thing, at least within the Caribbean, because I think... So Digicel is all through the Caribbean. This is all through the Caribbean. So if you're calling a Digicel phone in Barbados, Digicel phone in Sambusha, Digicel in Jamaica, it doesn't matter. It's all part of the same network. It's all part of the same network. So you're not going to have any connection problem there. And given that the majority of the cell market in those countries are with some variant of Digicel, shouldn't be a problem for them. I mean, the problem is... With when people want to connect to TSTT, and I suspect that the short term solution is two phones. Not that phones are that expensive anyway. So, long term, two phones, two SIM cards, whatever it might be. So, two phones, two SIM cards. Uh -huh. No, one phone, two SIM cards. Oh. So. Or two phones with that SIM card. Yeah. Did you sell? No, a part, a, no, no well, actually, that's a weird thing. Mm -hmm. um, I tried to buy a I was asking about, last time I was in Barbados, I was asking at the digital, one of the digital phone boots that they had. How they sold the phones, and they said no, the phones, just like everywhere else, are locked. So like if you buy a phone for digital, the SIM card is locked to a digital phone. So it's basically a locked SIM card. So if you buy like the phone itself from digital, it's locked to the digital SIM card. So it's so what's the price of course the price of phone is much higher than a normal locked phone, so that's why I suspect that for most people it's going to be two phones, or one very expensive unlocked phone. So and if they're going to come up with phones, they take two SIM cards at once. Shouldn't have any reason, there is why they shouldn't. Actually, that's an interesting point. You have an unlocked phone, but in any event, the SIM locks you into your provider. Yeah, so I mean, they subsidize the cost of phones. Yeah, because so they, um, they, they want you there for at least two years. So no, but I mean, for those people who have unlocked phones already. It doesn't matter. Uh, you yeah. just buy it, just probably spend like 200 bucks on a SIM and 200 TT on a SIM and you're good to go. Right. Actually, the price systems will probably drop given, you know. Okay. 
Lactal in this in this fray uh, we heard about Lactal when they're coming Lactal. out interconnection. Um, well, uh, are they? Do they have a concession yet? Do you suspect that Lactal's gonna have problems getting any concessions? Maybe let's be real here. Well, the company has denied that it will, it will not be in. It will, it's not no um, treated treated with any favoritism. <laughs> but honestly, let's be real. Oh, you're looking at December for Lactal too. Yeah. Lactel is going on at the same time as everybody else, but again, you've got to remember Lactel isn't only going to be concentrating on CDMA service, and especially not only in the Trinidad market. They're going to be expanding up the Caribbean, and they're going to be going into data and normal internet services in Barbados through the purchase of Sun Beach and whatnot. I mean, the question, the question, okay, Lactel. I don't know this for certain, but I'm going to I'm going to guess that Lactel is a totally, completely startup company. The people there have never really done this before. They're not an established company. Wait, so almost time they had Canadian. They probably got some. They probably got some foreign help. But I mean, it's all it's telecommunications. You can buy that expertise. I mean, they're buying Sunbeach. Sunbeach has been in the Sunbeach has been the masters of things like internet, PAP as you go internet and this type of stuff where you go in. You buy a block of sixty hours of time, and okay. you can, no. I mean, this this is interesting because this this is something that I think only Opus has done, where you can like go in and buy like do your normal purchase account buy, or you can just simply buy a block of time for a particular period of time. So like you can buy sixty hours of time, pay a certain amount of money, buy forty hours of time, pay a particular amount of money, or buy one month unlimited for a particular amount of time, and you're not held to any long term contract or month to month contract. You know, it's just that when your mouth up, up your, your fingers up and you can extend it as much or as little as you want, you're not held to any great commitment by the company. And what's actually even more interesting is that even at those the price of those low chances look a lot cheaper than what people in trying to pay for them to dial up if you're not with any other smart plan or whatever. You know? Mm-hmm. And Barbados isn't exactly the largest telecommunications market. Up here they're a significantly smaller market than Trinidad, but they've got Pretty decent connectivity in terms of wireless, in terms of the internet. Internet. I mean, in terms of dialogue. When I last time I was in Barbados, I bought a, a block of some beach time mm-hmm. through dialogue. My my connection speed was fifty one k. I've never gotten higher than forty two k with TSDT. You know, mm-hmm. So I mean, Lactel is buying that wholesale. So I mean, like I said, you can buy the expertise. So I'm not too worried that Lactel doesn't know much about telecoms. Like I said, you can buy the expertise and get into that market pretty easily these days. Um, mm-hmm. TSTT, T, I mean, it's the TSTT's benefit to block and delay the process as much as possible. TSTT's going to be the one losing the market chain in the profitable cell services. I mean, they're going to maintain landlines, but landlines are marginally profitable as best. Not only marginal, not marginally profitable, but people are going to start realizing that a landline is not that important. In certain areas. Well, if you're a business, I, st- I still think a landline is important. No, landlines, land, let me tell you, landlines are important when you've got no other choice. Rural areas, flat. I mean, we've got the last mile problem, and to some extent, the first mile problem. Somebody in Port Estain may not need a landline. Somebody in Matlab definitely needs a landline. Or somebody in Blush needs a okay, landline. Okay, but, but I mean, is some, I'm sure that there is some technology out there that allows you to have a switchboard that, that hooks into sell phones rather than <laughs> actual landline. I mean, Asterisk can probably do it. Asterisk yeah, can probably do it. Actually, um, that BBC show... Click, click online? Uh, yes. 
I believe in that um, they had a, a review of um, uh, various ways to integrate your cell phone with your your phone at home. Uh, I, I know, Dev, you, you had um, shown me some stuff like that some time ago. Yeah, yes, yeah. I'm trying to remember the name now and I can't um, remember. But a basically, yeah, basically yeah. The, the cell phone connects to the base station. Right. Yeah. And the base station, ha this has, a, you can hook up your regular phone through that. So yeah. that, that applies even to your home. I mean, well, if, you, if you have existing um, phone extensions in your home and uh, let's say you, you want to get rid of TSTC for good, you just run outside, cut the cable, Hook in one of these things from yeah. another. And, you get yeah. Yeah. and that works if you already deal with voice. Yeah, if that's fine. Provided you have yeah, but then you have cell coverage in your area. Right? Yeah, but, yeah. but then, but then you, you've also got Green Dot and CCTT and anyone at WowNet. I think is now getting into the in, into the fray where you don't need a telephone line for your internet access. And then, and then when turn on today was blanketed with wireless, all of those options are fine. So some areas like Lopino and up on the hills. Um, okay, well, depending on, on, on how how much you want to pay for it, I mean, exactly. Lisa Communications has, has claimed that they they they've covered something like ninety percent of Trinidad already wirelessly. Yes, if you want to pay for it, I'm yeah. talking about not the business that's willing to pay a thousand dollars plus a month for wireless. Okay, but what about if Digicel uh, allows you GPRS? And you plug your computer into your cell phone or that use Bluetooth. That would be fine. You know, so the, the idea, the that idea would is be fine, but again, you need to see the rates. And again, yeah. you need to see at what level of coverage you have. I mean, it, like I said, it's fine even if you're somewhere like Aruko or Repo. But again, the part, the, yeah, what there's always going to be some area that's not covered by that. And usually it's going to be like the rural area that people, where people may have such little knowledge of technology that they don't know how to use it. But if they even got a taste of it, they would actually find ways of using the stuff yeah. that we've never even think of. But I mean, the thing is, in that using the same last mile model, the, yeah. the thing is that the plain old telephone system just simply can't hack it when you get down to the, some of those areas. I mean, in Maraca, St. Joseph, there are people who, who, haven't, who haven't been able to connect for anything more than 9,600 baht for a long time because the telephone system sucks in that that's area. That's because of the quality well, of the Well, it, it sucks that's around the country. That's line quality. Yeah, exactly. That's line quality. That's, that's, that's a combination of old copper and... Right, but it's still affecting mostly the rural areas. It affects it and it affects the area. Yeah, up yeah. to a point. So you still have that problem anyway. But 96 is better than zero. Yes, I suppose. Back in 1995 and 1993, people were happy to connect at 96. Yes, but they also didn't have voice over, well, they did actually have voice over IP in 96. As, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Vocal tech had an internet phone and that sort of thing. Yeah. But um, sometimes it can be just so frustrating that it just makes more sense to, you know, go to your to your office or go to a friend's house and download what you have to, do, to download, yeah. burn it Agreed. on CD. Yeah. and read you, you find other ways of doing it, you know. Bandwidth by USB drive and all this kind no, of stuff. I mean, just recently, um, when Dev and I were trying to transfer a file, it, it made more sense for him to yeah. just simply burn it on CD and walk to yeah. my house. Yeah. Oh, okay. Bandwidth, bandwidth <laughs> by USB drive. Don't, don't knock it. It, it's, it makes a lot of sense for people. And it's a, it's a way of getting around the last mile. Right, but the, the problem, really especially when you've got information that isn't time sensitive or anything like that. It is okay, like but the the point I was trying to make was that you know the the landline now has outlived its usefulness. Not outlived its usefulness, but now it, it needs it, people need to stop thinking about it as being the only way of getting 
internet no, access and, agree, can, the, and, and it's um, not the only way. voice and that sort of thing. But for some people, it's going to remain the only way for a while yet. I mean, give, I mean, five years in five years time, I'll probably be singing a totally different tune and saying that no, you don't need landline because we're blanketed with wireless mm. and whatnot. But given certain circumstances, physical landlines are a very mm. good fallback. I mean, even if your cell network goes down, unless things are really uh, bad, when, when 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 the cell network goes down, when you're okay, when your cell network goes down, sometimes you have to go back to landlines. Just go in and inside. What are we talking about? Oh, we were originally talking about the interconnection. Yes, we were We got distracted um, again. Okay, okay, okay. To summarize, um, to summarize, by Christmas we should have at least three competing cell networks, hopefully up running and working, and people will be having a merry digital mm-hmm. Christmas and a merry. Hopefully, not fighting with each other. We wish you cell, the cell network says not no, to be. No, there'll be there'll probably be some bickering, but like I said. But uh, no, well, actually, it's kind of what I'm going to get into with what Digicel complained to the Prime Minister about. Um, Monday, October 13th, was when you know Digicel wrote to the Prime Minister complaining about the interconnection issue because apparently this has to be agreed upon by all the three parties, and that is kind of like, well, they're not disclosing it. And according and according to this, Digicel, Lactel, and TSTT, according to the newspaper article. They signed a non-disclosure agreement, which prevents them from talking about the interconnection process. Apparently, some agreement was reached because the following week, uh, the full-page ads in Digicel saying now that, uh, you know, thank you to the government of Trinidad and Tobago and to the Telecoms Authority. You know, they, and, they, they thanked the, and so Digital likes to publicly thank the minister, prime minister, the minister of public admin, the telecom authority the chairman and the executive directors and for the critical role in achieving the 30th of November date for liberalization of the mobile telecom sector. Oh. They only did that for one reason. Well, why? Okay. If there isn't any interconnection by December the 1st, someone's going to look like a fool. Guess what? Guess who you're going to blame? This isn't going to be digital. This isn't going to be all the wonderful officials at the ministry and TAT and whoever. It's the other telecom providers who can't come to an agreement. And given that Lactel isn't in the market, Guess who that leaves? <laughs> you know, that's the only reason they did that. I mean, it, it's just basically to put pressure on TSTT to get their gap get together and get this, get their button gear and get the thing done. I mean, it's inevitable that TSTT is going to lose market share and quite a lot of market share in a very short piece of time. Again, I, 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 I'm not sure if that will really, really happen. But, no, uh, but uh, the, the, the two companies are. Uh, Doing a lot of advertising. I think Digicel has launched its uh, advertising campaign against like TSTT. I like the leopard. Uh, nice, lazy leopard. Sleeps all day. <laughs> you know? it, and Le- it does remind us of a certain. Mm, leopards don't change their spots. Yes, yeah, so it reminds Imagine. us of a certain company that we've been dealing with for the last hundred years. Um, <laughs> also reminds me of Microsoft for some reason, but that's another, that's another long discussion. Uh, Laptel, I think, is now um, uh, introduced lo- its new logo. And on its website, they're starting announcing what, what some of its features and some of its features it plans to introduce on its on its website, including internet access by by its by the CDMA network. Now, does that does that mean you, we we can get little PCMCIA cards that you can stick into your laptop? That's right. Sort of yeah, but uh, I guess that's, that <laughs> that goes on to our next topic, which is that TSTT itself has launched its its CDMA service. Uh, does it have a license to do that? Uh, well, maybe, apparently, maybe, maybe that's another non-disclosure agreement too. But no, uh, uh, no. Uh, t- the telecom in, in, in this uh, Thursday's Business Guardian 
according to a newspaper article, uh, Tata said, well, no, hey, you, 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 you don't have a license for this. Uh, you, you need to apply, apply for the concession first. You yeah, only no. had the concession for the GSM service, but you don't, you don't have it for introducing this new service via CDME. And has that ever prevented any company from not going ahead with their plans? <laughs> oh, it's, it's, easy, it's, always, it's, always, it's always easy to ask forgiveness not permission in this country. Well, TAT has now received, has received it uh, this week, uh, this Monday, gone. Uh, they received the, uh, the application. Well, I mean, right now. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, it, it, it is right now operational. Yeah, apparently. well, I'm on the net right now. It's using this uh, CDMA? Using a CDMA. Doing a little beta testing, are you? Yes. It's not mine, and Paul is the one who got it. <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> selling out here. How fast is it? Um, I'm downloading an ISO at 10.8 kilobits per second. Kilobytes. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's about a, that's about a third of the speed of CCTT and, and TST. Well, that's yeah, that's about twice dial-up. I mean, it's pretty good for mobile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, compared to GSM, blows GSM away. I mean. Because what was the speed of TSTT's uh, GPRS? Uh, so M zone was it? Yeah, M zone. That's around seven k, I think. We we did a test. Yeah. Uh, it, it, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Right now, it. Very, very slow. 2, 3K. How's the signal? It's 4 bars? Uh, yeah, signal is pretty good. So it, it's pretty strong uh, in Port of Spain? Yeah, I think it's just Port of Spain. Maybe San Fernando. Yeah, we have full signal. Um, yeah, full signal. There isn't much. And uh, you didn't. Have, um, I don't think you'd need a, a username or a password. Well, I. When I connected, I just clicked on connect and I connected. So, but I think well, eventually, you I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, maybe like, like there's a MAC address on the card. Yeah, right? exactly. Probably just like a cell phone. It, it has an like, each of those has an account. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, yeah. So yeah. they know. Who, who they know who it is. Yeah. Right. Well. And of course, if it gets stolen, you know. Well, I don't know. Somebody's been downloading some bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just actually stolen. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, let's see. So it's pretty easy to install, huh? Just slap it in. Well, install yeah, install the software, put the card in. What's the hardware? Uh, the hardware is an AirCard 580 from Sierra Wireless. Um, well, I don't know much about this type of hardware, but it's a DVDO CDMA card. It's pretty easy to install. Um, put the software in, stick the card in. Just Windows, though, I think. Yeah, just Windows though. Um, Are I you mean, sure? Well, well as far maybe we can try it later on. Well, as far as the software that we got with it, it's just Windows. Okay. I don't know if the site has software for that. Or the Macs come with it, you know, one mm. time. The Macs Who probably knows? come with the software. I don't know. <laughs> the Macs probably have one of these built in by tomorrow. You never know. <laughs> well, what's interesting is that the software tends to be tied to providers rather than being a generic installation by the way you put in your information which is which is pretty interesting to me at least yes it is using one of the american things right? yeah. so <laughs> that's yeah give it two thumbs up there Anna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so far so far so far uh, but i don't know how many people are on the network right now okay uh, that's true um so i mean since this is testing and Probably, and we know that with CDMA, the more people get on, the worse yes. the quality gets. That's right. Signal. So, so if yeah. I'm getting 10.9 now, and this is just testing, 
Uh, that we can see when it's but, 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 but I guess it can be used as a last mile you know, solution to, for internet access. You have this close to, you know, you set this up close to the TSL exchange. If there's yeah, a CMA transmitter nearby. Yeah, and then there's, there's a TSD office, office up the road. That's right, yeah. 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 Yeah, well then, I mean, if it's a last mass solution, they have, you would have to put towers in all the rural areas. But, I mean, it's an interesting solution for last mile because, well, I'm not sure is TSE going to do voice with the CDMA network or... It doesn't, it doesn't appear to. I think they, they according to, the, to, to their uh, to the press release, but um, uh, they, they're going to just focus on data services. Okay. Um, they're using the same equipment from Nortel, they're buying the equipment from Nortel, who is also supplying Laptel as well. So in fact, so in fact, um, I'm sure Laptel will be offering something very similar to this. So it'll be interesting to see what mm. the rates will be like. Actually, also, um, I think, or Laptel will be co-locating their antennas on TSTT towers. Does that Gets. surprise you? No. no. Well, no. I mean, I think <laughs> you, you can. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's like I said, everything just has to be worked out. Uh, Does that surprise you? Mm. Give me one so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Will be the conspiracy theories. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. right, so mini tsunami. What mini tsunami? Oh, well, it wasn't cool. a tsunami. Sorry. All right. <laughs> 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 okay. Before yeah, we, let, let me just give the history. Big, oh, hold on, hold on. Let's stop. Over when? When did this occur? Last, last weekend. Uh, last weekend on Sunday. Uh, last weekend on Sunday. From uh, Sunday, probably in the afternoon. Occurring up to. Now there was a big storm. It wasn't really a big. St- it wasn't really a big storm. I mean, what what happened was I know, according now, according to the silver guys, the website can it. I think there's actually. Uh, oh, before you go, let's like, let's just continue. There was okay, a big storm. There was, there lots was, of waves crashed around the north coast. There was rough weather off, off the north coast, um, which led to much larger waves than usual, leading to the inundation of Maracas Bay. And above, heard, the norm, uh, above the norm, above normal. Two pregnant levels. women were. Hurt on the beach. Okay. Well, I guess we'll double check. So, and somebody died up in, in Matlock, maybe, or something? Yeah, some fisherman or something. Well, I guess Sidera has an article on this, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but essentially, we use. Right, and, uh, on Sunday, let's see, make it. Sunday. Yeah, no seismic event, um, nothing hydrogeologic, no tsunami, it's not hurricane related, and more or less. I think what happened was that there was a weather event of, I think, Newfoundland. 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 Of Canada. Canada, Which led to what I would call swells, which had its impact as much larger than usual waves on Trinidad's north coast and Trinidad's. How does that work, though? Because, I mean, if it's coming from Newfoundland... Now, hold on. Now, they say the waves in Hawaii that are very large come from storms in the Arctic, huh? Okay, waves can travel far. Yeah, but... but waves can travel far. But I'm looking at the direction. I'm looking at the direction. You know, if it, if it comes off the, the coast of Newfoundland, then... It would it, tend to go... It north. would tend to hit Venezuela first, and Venezuela would... Put, we would be in the shadow of no, Venezuela. it depends on which part of no. Venezuela it hits. We're not in the... For example, the north coast is not in the shadow of Venezuela. No, it's but not. For, with respect to Newfoundland, it is. Because Newfoundland sort of. Hey, well, you could argue that you could argue that the big islands of the Caribbean should should shelter Trinidad, but that doesn't happen. What's that? No, no, I say we don't have a map of the world here, so you can verify. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's very very insular. No, but but okay, basically, I mean, uh, okay, what happened? I think what has happened in a nutshell is that 
for probably about a week before it happened, um, the local surfing community knew that there were going to be big waves. Well, probably not a off. week long, but I mean, at least, but, but I mean, from, fr- from, uh, well, from definitely about Friday. Probably about two or three days before, this local surfing community knew that through the observance of weather sites and whatnot, that they knew that they were going to be extremely good surfing weather off the north coast of Trinidad and off Tobago last weekend. And apparently it came as very much as a shock to the fishermen and they've suffered significant losses as well. Loss of life. Now the, the, um, the, the surfers got this from from sources off the internet. Surfers yeah. got this from sources off the internet. And what's interesting is that a lot of the big weather sites tend to have very detailed mapping of weather conditions, storm conditions, high seas conditions for practically every area of the world that you can think of. Naturally, people are angry because it's affected their livelihood and they're wondering why the Met Office didn't do anything. I'm not sure that the Met Office is actually that they much to blame. They watch the sky. They don't watch the sea. No, it's not a, no they, they, probably do, they probably do watch the sky and they probably, at most, they can say, hey, be careful, be careful because we expect bad, bad sea weather there, but... Again, it's up to the individual fishermen to say, to say well, let's go outside. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I hope I'm not sounding callous about it, but, you know, I'm not sure if that... In other words, it's, it's more of an educational it type of thing. Be, it, might be, have it, to it might be more of an educational thing. It might be more of a focus thing because I know the Met, the Met Office tends to focus. Okay, weather. Is it going to rain? Is, it in, is, a, is a hurricane coming? Whatever, whatever. I mean, if you look at the average weather cast for, let's say, on the Weather Channel, they don't talk about the seas much. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about nobody really talks about high seas unless you're a okay. fisherman. That's kind of spe- that is not specialized information, but it's kind of. But apparently, but I think the problem is that do you think that if fishermen had have access to, you know, information and communications, to ICTs, you know, well, you know, access. that that would have been able to hey, you know, warn themselves so to speak, um, rather than say well, relying well, on okay, the government. Let me, let me ask uh, a question: How much? How many ships? How many boats on shore got damaged? A lot. a lot, a lot. I mean, basically, you're talking about okay, bad stuff is coming. We've got to prepare like it's a hurricane. Yes. Pull it up the mountains. Well, right, literally, pull it up to the mountains and pull it up beyond the North Coast Road, mm-hmm. which I, which from what I hear, partly also got hit and Southeast also got hit where the Mosquito Creek, which is normally barely passable. But, 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 but where Mosqu- Mosquito Creek? Where's that? That's the Mosquito Creek, Southwest, uh, right by the shore of Peace Cremation site. Um, it's south it, of San Fernando. It's, yeah, it's yeah, basically the south of San Fernando now, under normal circumstances. In the old days, it basically used to get inundated by high tide. Now they've done some work on the road, it gets inundated by high, high tide. Mm-hmm. I think last Sunday it got inundated to the point where it was impassable by anybody for stretches of six hours at a time. And, you know, and that's like the major artery between south areas south of San Fernando and San Fernando. I mean, Unless you're looking to go by the um, Naparima Mira Road, which I think is the only place that mm-hmm. you're literally limited to one route to San Fernando from there, and that's by Naparima Mira, which adds a lot to your journey. So, so yes, time, time for a monorail. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, monorails are a lot of money, and no, no, no. But I think the bigger issue is that you know that uh, the, the bigger issue is that nobody knew that nobody was warned about it, and. A lot of people got, got their boats damaged and they are now looking around for compensation. Mm-hmm. And most significantly, but how do we prevent it happening from happening in the future? 
and more significantly, how do we get people to move into the mode of thinking that, hey, there's information on the internet out there that could actually affect, that could actually tell me when something bad's coming. Mm -hmm. How do I access it? How do I use it to profit myself? And simply having a telecenter there will not do it. Simply having people saying, putting up things saying the expert high seas will not profit it because people don't even really know what they're talking about. And it's only when people go out and get damaged and realize, wait, no, these guys may actually know what they're talking about. Actually, I was also doing some research, um, you know, you know, following up some information. I found out that uh, there is a website for the meteorological service. It's uh, www.tntmet.gov.tt. Unfortunately, um, what can I say? It hasn't been updated in a long time. Well, it's been, okay. it's been updated by been, somebody. <laughs> it's been updated by somebody who has nothing to do with meteorological service, someone in fatal error. <laughs> yeah, but it seems as though the, the Met Office's website has just been hacked. Did he leave? It's been hacked for a very long time, actually. How long ago was that? A year, in some year plus. Year plus. Yeah. What, there's a date on it? No. no, if you if you Google cache it or if you go into our archive.org and we look and see the observations for that particular website, um, even the archive pages are pulling up that same page, so that seems to indicate that. So they got hacked quite a long time ago. We're not exactly sure when. We're not sure when, but the, it doesn't look like a recent thing. So, so B also the yeah, website is hardly updated. Yeah, but no one would think what you would notice that on the front page. Uh, no. I mean. <laughs> Although the observations seem to be recent, October 2nd, 2005. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, but that could be someone that's automatically updating stuff into pulling it from a an script. online form, pulling it into a script. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that they're touching the front page at all. Well, I must admit, um, if you, uh, you, you remember you showed me Firefox extension. For the weather? Yeah, what, yeah. Weather um, that, that updates pretty regular, so maybe yeah, it's tied into that's, that. That's RSS, that's an RSS. No, that's actually an RSS feed that pulls certain things from, I think, weatherunderground.com um, and weatherunderground has set up the RSS so that no, but I mean, it automatically pulls. Actually, actually, the sad thing I found out about RSS feed is that they suck your bandwidth greatly, which means that, unfortunately, if you're on dialogue, you've got to be very circumspect with how you use them, otherwise you find all your bandwidth going into mm -hmm. updating RSS feeds and not into actually getting data or surfing or anything like that from that audio again. Okay. Uh, so, who knows? So, a useless website. That's harsh, man. Come on. Somebody's been updating it at least up to this month. Well, somebody's hacked it a long time ago and nobody's well, noticed. I feel, I feel, I think that's, that may be a script, but hey. So, measures to, talk, to tackle the floods in Sarawak, I'm sure that's really um, relevant to Trinidad's weather. So. According to Netcraft, uh, it was, it's apparently running Windows, two Windows Server 2003. I don't know that. I could comment here, but um, I'll let my silence speak louder than this. Well, uh, actually, also, uh, while well, speaking about government websites, uh, there was an announcement in the, in the papers that that the Trinidad and Tobago Police Service was has a uh, has now made their website online. www uh, dot ttps dot gov dot tt. And this was this is a Newsday article on Monday, tenth of October. Correct. So I mean, uh, uh, well, let me just tell you what the article said. It was it said that it went into very great detail about the website. Um, 
So it talks about, okay, the, the ticker of the top of the homepage says, Welcome to the Toronto Tobago Police Service. We're taking the fight against crime online. Has links which features, you know, think, has links such as how to report a crime to the police online, how to find the closest police station, a have you seen link, which shows a photo of somebody who's wanted for, for, for robberies. So that's what that guy was. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, also how to get, how to apply for and get a license to run a bingo, okay. wanted yeah. persons link. Now all this is very imaginative until you actually go to the website. Yeah, the website. Yeah, and the, the website basically. Well, actually, the website is totally accurate. You know, to be a police service coming, coming soon. soon. <laughs> yeah. And now actually arriving. Well. <laughs> now let's see that that they, they might have caused this issue. They might. So I mean, right right now this um, is now, actually what's interesting if you go to that website and you click on if you add images to that subdirectory. Images, images, right? right. Oh, I see. All the images are. You get all the images there. I mean, honestly, for security website, I mean, you can't edit it, but you can see all the images. You can, you can see there. everything that should be there, that shouldn't be there. So, I mean, so you get like pictures of some guys that look like well, she's obviously <laughs> on a cell phone right, being harassed. Maybe the maybe was just some this newspaper article was just there's simply a, there's a smiling community policeman next to a car and there are a couple of black and white pictures of people who are allegedly banned. So, so you can you can get into the, to see the images of, that are going to be used for the website yeah. when the website actually arrives. Yeah. If, you go, if you go to like if you go to like the last okay. one day. This one? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Um well poor fellow. If you see him, he's wanted for something, most likely. <laughs> There's another one like that there, I think. That picture's so bad, you, you, you could be anybody. Yeah. Missing persons. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that, you know, the, uh, well, Newsday dropped the gun and reported this thing, and, you know, the website just wasn't well, ready. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't exist. But I mean, well, no, but well, it, does, it, does it, exist. it must exist somewhere, right? because obviously yes, but, the report is what, what was described by the reporter is a figment of somebody's imagination, because, let's face it, the public can't get at it right now. Uh, and this is, uh, to me, today is the 22nd, so 12 days after the article was published, it's still not there. Well, actually, uh, one thing, one interesting thing, if, if, if the website does go live, is that apparently under the link, uh, crime, under a crime reporting link, uh, the computer user can fill in information relating to a crime which was committed, and which can then be electronically sent to the police for follow-up action. Yes. Coming soon. Yes, exactly. Um, now it, it says it says that the, the website was designed by HomeviewTNT.com. At least in the article, it says that. Um, it will be interesting to find out what the keypack is, uh, whether it's whether it was the what, what, something what, to do with the police what's service. The website, or the what's the website running on? Windows 2003 again? I'm not sure. I tried. I didn't see it in. I didn't check Netcraft as yet. Netcraft. Let's let's find out. Uh, what's that site running? Uh, well, they don't know anything about nope. that. That's, that's, yeah. that's actually a good sign. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, so that <laughs> it's hosted overseas, though, but I don't know. That. But I guess that's usual. <laughs> well, at least the good thing is that Netcraft can't figure out what, what the operating system is. And for those of you who don't know what Netcraft is... Oh, well, Netcraft... Um, yeah. Most popular for um, showing up. Uh, longest time servers have been up, which is held by FreeBSD. Um, if you want to find out anything about a website, when it was when it last rebooted, when, how long it's been up for, um, what operating system it's running, and what uh, web server it, service it's running, 
Netcraft will tell you. And this is this is not necessarily a hacking tool per se. It's just simply no, no. a web. It's just a website whose whose scripts goes out and, and uh, queries queries. Uh, servers so, so what, what they're running. Yeah. 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 It's just a proper HTTP right. request. So none of this is confidential uh, information. This is, this is just um, stuff that Netcraft can pick up mm -hmm. just by querying the servers. Based in England, actually. Uh, I don't know like that. <laughs> I'll just check in your bot, Netcraft. Uh, so, moving along. Yeah. Yeah. Any other websites? Well, Any other websites that aren't working? <laughs> No, that's about well, it. Well, actually, if you, if you can go to Netcraft, and actually you can see quite a lot of uh, .gov, .tv domains registered. Although there are no websites yet. Dollar for dollar. Yeah, uh, a lot of websites, actually. Um, Parliament, police, WASA. Is WASA, Yeah. So as we're talking about, about, about websites, it's a good, a good chance for me to do a plug. Um, within the next two weeks... Trini desktops will have some some. Um, You're relaunching. It was all. It was. It was never down. But um, I got permission from from someone I know to to use some historical photos, pictures of of Port of Spain and San Fernando from oh, from the early 1900s. Uh, one of them shows Almond Walk, which we're pretty certain is before 1905, somewhere maybe the late 1800s thereabouts. Uh, there, there's a. Um, There'll be a, a photograph. I don't, I don't know if it's a photograph or a, a hand sketch. It looks like a photograph that was hand painted, hand uh, tinted, of um, Canning's first supermarket, uh, which was listed as the largest um, supermarket in the Caribbean at the time. So that will be something to for. That's at www.trinidesktops.com. <laughs> probably within the next uh, week or two. That's www.trinidesktops.com. <laughs> Don't wait. Don't wait to do. Okay, uh, I think it's about time to wrap it up. Uh, thanks again for listening and downloading. Uh, if you have any comments, uh, do send it to us, admin at ttcsweb.org. And of course, you can find out all about our previous podcasts on our website, www.ttcsweb.org slash podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>